Marketing is about value. This is a very complicated world. It's a very noisy world. And we're not going to get a chance to get people to remember much about us. No company is. And so we have to be really clear on what we want them to know about us. New mic, new camera, episode three. We're going big already. We're going big. It's nice to hear you in HD. See me in HD, hear me in HD. Next week, 3D. Next week, three, <laughs> next week 3D. Every week so far, we're just like slightly improving the quality of everything. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's what it is about. That's what it's about. And, uh, you know, um, did I share that with you? Like the, the statistic is like 90% of podcasts die after the third episode something <laughs> crazy like that yeah so this is our this is our moment we need to go past this one okay that's then good. Die another one and then we're in the top 10 podcast in the world so excellent it's pretty good well hopefully we can just about manage that i think we should be able to, i think we should be all right with that we got enough content yeah. i mean we're getting uh people seem to be enjoying it unless they're just humoring us yeah, yeah unless they're just having fun Um, but let's talk about that a little bit. The, the stats so far, we said mm. we'll share mm -hmm. with people where we are, uh, what we've done so far. So we've done two, two episodes, uh, came out the intro one, the one from last week, this one you're here a little bit later when, when we upload it in a few days, but we, we did about, I think we're shy of 300 listens or downloads or whatever that means. Um, mm -hmm. overall, which is insane. I think when, before we started, we were like, you know, if we get a hundred people, it'd be like a, a big achievement. But yeah, I, I think it was know. episode one. We said that we set the target of a hundred. So if we, yeah, three X that, there we go. Kings smashed of growth. It. <laughs> yeah. Smashed it. I think we did 79 yesterday only. So with a new episode, so the new episode is growing, you know, it's just been released couple of days ago so yeah it's pretty good we're on a we're on a ramp up we're on a ramp up it's mostly mm. in the uk obviously uh from from all the people we know hi guys thank you for listening uh but we've got people from from every everywhere let me check quickly we got um it's testament to just how good the kind of organic promo can be just through linkedin especially if it's obviously a, a kind of professional ish <laughs> i don't know how special <laughs> this is <laughs> it's a professional <laughs> subject at least yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah we only done like organic uh outreach like just you know posting on linkedin on our linkedin so be on twitter for me uh be of instagram from like people we know on stories and stuff we got yeah 77 uk six percent us and then we've got five percent singapore mm. shout out Charlotte, Singapore, uh, Spain after that, with like 3%. And then he goes into like the 1%. We've got like Greece, Netherlands, Finland, Germany, uh, you know, even Australia, Brazil, hmm. only that one works. in France. I'm, I'm, I'm offended a bit for, <laughs> by France. So I, I, I would hope maybe I need to speak in French a bit, maybe to, to up the numbers, but. Um, oh, it sounds like, like you just read out our uh, world tour uh, schedule. 
exactly, <laughs> exactly for next year when we uh, when we go on tour. Yeah, the first ever podcast to play stadium. Exactly, that's that's the bar. That's the bar. Um, and then in terms of platform, it's like forty percent Spotify, thirty percent Apple, and then we get a ton on like others. I basically connected the podcast to everything I could connect it with. So we're getting like listens from Google Podcast, Edge, Safari, Amazon Podcast. There's a couple, uh, Firefox, Overcast. And there's like 40 downloads from unknown, the mystery unknowns. I don't know where they come from, but they're not tracked on any other pl- platforms, but it's a lot of them. If, if someone listening knows where unknown come from, uh, please uh, let us know one way or another. Just privacy conscious people. Yeah, yeah, could be actually, could be. Um, and the 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 big the the big uh, I think one of the big achievement already is that we we top top twenty Apple podcasts in marketing. You know, yeah. we enter the enter the charts, smash the charts. Uh, so yeah, and I've got a bit of uh, bit of pressure now. <laughs> it's like we need we need to carry on, make make sure it's good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I said that to Lizzie, and um, I showed you the when you first posted about it. I showed it to her, and she was like, "Oh wow." And I said, yeah, um, number 19 marketing podcast UK. And she's like, marketing podcast UK. Oh, I thought you meant global podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's come a, on. Thanks for the buzzkill. Yeah, come on. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a limit, you know, in what we can do for now. Yeah, on but, day two. Yeah, yeah, on day two, you know. it was. Uh, yeah, it's only been a week, you know. Come on. It's okay. But um, I couldn't see the charts for Spotify. Uh, I think we need to connect a few more things, but hopefully they'll show up at some point too. But yeah, no, it's pretty good. It's encouraging. Basically, like we need to keep going. Uh, we have for the long run. So yeah, we just wanted to share a little bit about, about that. I feel good. You feel good? Very good. Yeah. Enthused. It's nice to do something, have people engage with it, even if it's just, you know, not hundreds of thousands of people, obviously, but um, yeah. it's cool to put something out there and just have some nice feedback, which is good. Also, I'm a nerd for any kind of audio gear. So it's given me an excuse to just spend an absolute shitload of money on a load of stuff that I don't need. Well, I guess you yeah. can argue that I do need, you know, that's why now I can buy it rather than just buy it and not use it. So it's good. Exactly. Microphone, yeah. new little sound card down here, everything. Nice. Well, you convinced me, look, I'm like speaking to this uh, potato and, uh, <laughs> And I've got my my phone set up for the for the HD. So yeah, right. You you, uh, you converted me. It's pretty cool. I think not, not many people know about the continuity camera thing on on Apple. So we're mm. actually both. Well, firstly, most people are listening on podcasts and not watching on YouTube because we've got hardly any views. But we are actually using our iPhones as webcams, which is pretty cool. If you want to upgrade yep. your Zoom game. You can turn on continuity camera and just use that, which is great. The um, I don't know if we said, but uh, we should say thank you to everyone who listened so far, and uh, hope you like it. If you do, you know, talk to talk talk about it to your marketer, marketing colleagues, your friends. Now let's try and grow this thing even further. Or just comment with us on on LinkedIn. Comment on the post. That's all good. Yeah. What's actually interesting is that the my personal LinkedIn game has been slow 
as of for a little while. <laughs> my SSI score wasn't terrible, but it dropped down. I think it was sitting at like 46 just before we started this. And in the last week of obviously doing the, doing the podcast, putting it out there, commenting quite a lot on LinkedIn, getting the mentions and things, jumped straight out to 65. So nice, yeah, pretty pretty big jump. Really so big jump. It doesn't take much to get the LinkedIn algorithm liking. We should probably explain. Can you explain what the, the SSI score is on LinkedIn? Uh, yes, it is the social selling index. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So it's LinkedIn's proprietary kind of score. They weight users. And I think there's four or five or five or six maybe different factors that feed into that. And it's building your personal brand is one, uh, making connections, just general engagement. So basically everything you do on the platform feeds into your SSI score. Yeah. I think anything over an SSI score of 80 and your cluster's a thought leader in your space. Yeah. So, so it's a good thing to aim for. Do you want to know mine? No, I think I know yours, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm often above 80 but i'm solidly at 75 76 solid but you know i've been posting on linkedin every day for the last 25 years so yeah yeah, yeah don't i know it man it's all my linkedin's full of is your posts so yeah no it's pretty strong but there's some things that i think the ones that i can see on my side i could still improve is like the things that are, i think attached to being a set like a salesperson like a recruiter it's like looking for people contacting the right people mm -hmm. in your in your niche but i think i don't do that because i'm you know i'm not recruiting people like i don't use like the the kind of that kind of uh, side of linkedin so i think that's uh, yeah i think you're right like anything above 80 is you know very very hard to get very hard to get if you google linkedin ssi you'll find a link and it's something you can get for free there's like a page for it yeah, exactly. It's so the the four things that feed into it are establish your personal brand, find the right buyers, which is kind of you know the, the sales orientated one, obviously. Exactly. Engage with insights and stay up to date, and then build relationships. So you know, at least three of those four is, should be pretty easy for everybody to do, and you know it's it's not bad for you or your company that you work for to obviously get get yourself in people's feeds and and get your name out there more on LinkedIn. So yeah. it benefits everyone really. Maybe we should talk about a little bit of um, what we discussed in the last episode. Um, talked about AI, uh, mm -hmm. and we mentioned Apple as one of the potential contender in maybe using things like the AirPods uh, in a way to inject AI, and they could be like the best in the game because everyone owns a pair. Or they probably, I think, the AirPods business itself would be a top thirty worldwide company in terms of revenue i'm sure yeah. by itself yeah. so that's how big it is and since the podcast came out they did their tech uh summit or whatever it's called but they didn't release that they released uh, something that we said was not great well at least i said wasn't great which is vr ar they, they launched their or they're about to launch their uh, apple vision pro headset mm -hmm. and yeah i think it's interesting i think i've been reading on twitter like what people are saying there's a lot of like the engineers and designers involved in the in the tech that are like patting each other's on the back like you know they've been working on that all their life and 
or most of their career. And it's a big, it's a big thing for them because they, um, they haven't released a brand new product for a long time. But I don't know. I don't know what I think about it. What do you think about it? I think it's better than if they had come out of a full VR headset. I think definitely AR, you know, for me, I've always thought that's the most interesting way for this tech to go. I guess the earliest exposure that most people had, and probably myself included really, was Pokemon Go back in whenever that was, 2000 and, I don't know, 13, 14, yeah. or maybe a bit later than that, yeah. maybe 15, 16. Um, and that is pretty low barrier to entry. Use your phone. I think there's loads of interesting applications for that, but n- none of that's really been realized mm. and it seems like the um you know apple's kind of doubling down on that makes life a bit easier if you can actually see out the back of the headset which you can in the apple one so um yeah. you know it's the thing that's always kind of freaked me out about wearing a vr headset is that if you're just in your house on your own or in your room whatever in the middle of the night and someone breaks in and then you have no idea who's in that would just freak me out if i if i just standing in a walking around in a room with all of my senses taken away from me i'll just be thinking i just every 10 seconds i'll be lifting it up to make sure there wasn't someone standing yeah, yeah, there yeah yeah like it like it does this thing in the video they they when they did the announcement there's a, a lady in a plane and she doesn't want to be this 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 disturbed so she's watching a film and everything around the screen that is projected in front of her becomes like a uh, I don't know, like the sky or like she's, you know, it like removes completely what's around her. And yeah, a little bit like what you said, like it, it's a bit, it's a bit freaky to, to think that it is like life happening around you, but like you're completely, you're removing yourself completely from the external world. But for most of the application, the rest of the video is like, you can see what's happening. It's just adding mm. uh, stuff about like on top of what you, you would see anyway. So I guess that's okay. I'm still I'm still bugged about the fact that uh, I don't think that many people will actually would walk around with the massive thing on their head that removes no. them from their like partner, their child, their friends, and continue like living their life, like talking to them and stuff while having this stuff on top of <laughs> on their face. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's like with everything, with every big tech advancement, you think that they probably already have the they've probably already made a version which is just the size of a pair of glasses yeah. and they're just like how can we scale this back 10 revisions so every two years someone's yeah. buying a new one <laughs> so that's what kind of pissed me off with that and i'm certainly not going to be going out and buying one so yeah we'll see i I thought when you know when you're a kid and people talk about potential vr in the future and putting a headset on you're like oh my god that sounds amazing and then when it comes out i'm like i never bought a vr headset <laughs> I can't be bothered with that. So I feel <laughs> the same about this. I'll wait for it to be super low barrier to entry and then yeah. maybe I'll be interested in it. Yeah, I'll buy one on on Vinted or something. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, you know, if it doesn't go well, you could pick one up in computer exchange in probably about two years for yeah. 500 quid. Exactly, exactly. I'll wait for the, yeah, the, the second or third version, like you said, yeah. That's, uh, when this gets a bit smaller. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool. It was uh, perfectly timed. It, yeah, it was. It was almost like we planned it, but we actually hadn't because we're not that not that professional at this yet. But on the on the kind of gaming angle, I just talked about gaming VR. Um, what do you think about this Twitch stuff that's going on this week? And um, for if you don't, if people don't know, Twitch are basically or they they changed some of the 
policies of use for streamers. And a couple of the big changes was that they effectively said that you weren't allowed to burn in ads to your stream, which means that when you're watching Twitch or when you're streaming on Twitch, you have advertisers come up as interstitial ads, you know, interspersed in your stream, the same as when you're watching YouTube and you see pre-roll and and uh, interstitial ads on there. And obviously that is all controlled by Twitch and Twitch gets a cut of the ad revenue. I think it's 50-50 share between the between the uh, the platform and the streamer. But also streamers burn in ads. So if you contact a streamer directly and you say, I want to sponsor you or give, pay you, whatever, uh, they give you an asset. It's just so it took, so really simple. They give you their logo. And then in your streaming software, like OBS or whatever they use, they will... Um, they will add that asset. So as you're watching the stream overlaid on top of it is that asset and it can't be taken away. It's, it's effectively burnt into the video. And the reason Amazon and Twitch don't like that is because um, they're obviously not getting a cut off that revenue. So they changed their T's and C's and they said that wasn't allowed. They also said that um, multi-streaming, I can't remember the name of it now, um, but streaming your stream onto Twitch and onto, you know, say, Google, yeah. um, sorry, onto YouTube gaming at the same time mm-hmm. wasn't going to be allowed either because, you know, naturally uh, Twitch wants advertisers to come directly to them. They don't yeah. want to share any of that revenue with anybody else. So it was an interesting change, but obviously they reversed it. Yeah. And they reversed it like yesterday or something. Like, yeah, that's it. That's interesting. So I'm, I think everyone's looking for more revenue these days, even companies like Twitch and they're trying to be control, controlling, more controlling over like what, how much revenue they make. It looks like they don't, they're not making, it's not too bad. I think it's, I think I read it's like 50, 50 or something like that. Split. Yeah. Which is, I think it's better than YouTube. Is it better than YouTube? Which is like 70, 30. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, but that's also how they attracted streamers in the first place. So I think it's a, it's a bad, overall, it's a bad move to, to like the risk that you've got is that you're making money off of like a, a full of streamers. What happens in marketplaces like that is that they're probably making 90% of revenue over the top 5% of streamers. Like the, then the long tail doesn't make anything or not enough to like, uh, move the needle. So by changing um, um, revenue policies like that, the risk is like those 5% leave and then you end up with, well, nothing. So so they had to quickly revert back. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult one. I also read that they have a problem with uh, discovery. Discovery is like a big thing now since TikTok. You know, every platform is, is adapting to having like a better way for random content to be discovered, which means big and small streamers could get the attention, could become bigger or big in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that's not happening on Twitch. So, um, so yeah, they, it's a risky, I think it's, yeah, they're playing a risky, it's a risky game. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, the, the oh, your pun is just completely <laughs> It was so bad. Sorry. I just, uh, just, as I said it, I was like, oh my gosh, who am I? (laughs) Well, I think a couple of things about that. So one um, on the discovery part, I was reading this interesting um, kind of essay from, from Lenny at Lenny's podcast. And he was talking about all the different marketplaces that there are. And basically the, the, um, 
avenues they took to growth. And one interesting case study was that Patreon kind of worked out quite early on that actually they weren't a marketplace um, because if you follow someone on Patreon, you probably haven't gone, oh, I mean, the ability isn't there to do that, but they worked out early on was that you're probably not going to go to Patreon and search for whatever it is that you're interested in and follow people that way. And it's that if you're a content creator, you would already be building an audience mm. and you will advertise your Patreon through that audience. Mm. So you can't go, as far as I know, it's still the case. You can't go to Patreon and, and kind of browse for, for patrons to follow. It's just all comes in through, you might find someone on YouTube, you might someone find someone on Twitter and you go in that yeah. way. Um, so I think that's interesting because Twitch is, you can obviously search on Twitch yeah. and you there's a certain element of discovery, but you never see, you know, I use Twitch quite often. I, I, I'm, I find it interesting. I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to watching video games. I've got kids, so I can't play them anymore. So I can, sometimes I can watch other people play them. And, um, but yeah, you find yourself watching the same people. So I kind of get that if you're, if you're trying to grow a following there or probably worse, if you're just stuck at a point where you're committing so much of your life to it, you know, you're, you're streaming for hours and hours a day, which you effectively have to do to stay on the partner program, but you can't ever get that organic discovery up to actually make a living from it. That must be incredibly annoying. And Mr. Beast said that with the Twitch changes, uh, you know, they need to work with rather than trying to work against partners and do things like this, they need to work with partners to help them grow, to help them get more money and, and effectively grow, which I think is definitely true. On the flip side, as a consumer, I don't know how I would feel going down that road of, like, I get that a content creator owns the content. They should be able to do what they want with it. Mm. But, you know, if you're watching, take it back to um, a concept that more, maybe more people understand if you, or, or have, are used to. If you're watching Netflix and, um, you know, the production company has done a couple of, has done a deal with Coca-Cola mm. and every 10 seconds through The Last of Us, you're getting like a Coca-Cola bottle to come up on the screen <laughs> and spin around with a banner come off saying, enjoy, you know, enjoy a Coca-Cola. That's going to be pretty annoying. Yeah. And there's definitely the way that it's going with Twitch. So I guess they have a balance of overloading people with ads. So the audience turns off versus mm. I think it's, e I think it's probably easier to keep those big streamers on. Um, if you're making new changes that they don't like, but if you start taking things away from them, so if you're introducing things yeah. that are maybe a bit shit, then they're probably not going to have as big an impact on that on streamers leaving then if you take something away and i think they see this is taken away so it's, yeah. it's pretty badly handled by switch i think yeah i think so it's, it also shows like how powerful the the whole like creator economy is um at this point it's like company policies like can be flipped around in a couple of days because um creators are so powerful it also made me think about something else actually the um, as you're growing as a as a creator as a streamer let's say like you're relying so much on these um brand collabs um not so much on the revenue of the actual stream because the share like we said is better on Twitch 50/50 mm. but like you're losing effectively more than half of what you would have made without the platform so you don't fully own the platform but you have to do that as you're grinding up and then when you get really, really big, what we're seeing now is uh, creators um, building their own product. So they, they're removing themselves completely from the from the platform. Or they still use it for distribution, obviously, but then they have their own like business model where they make mm -hmm. 100% of the profit or like a very high margin. 
especially in the you know DTC product world, you know, with like Mr. Beast and his like burgers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, KSI, Logan Paul with the prime drink. Yeah. Uh, even like Farrah Williams with his, uh, that's more low key. Like it's not really like in the, um, in the, in the discussions, like, uh, when, when you hear about that stuff, but he's, uh, he's got his own like, um, human, I think, I think it's called human race. They're all like, uh, men's uh, skincare product. Mm. I'm on the emails for that stuff. I never bought it, but it's really well designed <laughs> and the emails are really, really nice. Um, but he's using his, again, like his fame and, and then you've got all the, you know, the Kardashians and, you know, in the cosmetics and, and fashion world. But I think that's, that's coming to like, you know, gradually into like people who are, they're known as streamers, but you know, they're not celebrities. That's the same kind of celebrities. Like they're coming up as, mm. um, that, that's interesting. That's interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, you got to diversify, right? You can, if you, if you're making all of your money through YouTube or Twitch, and yeah. and you don't have a product, and like you say, they all do. If if you find anyone that's successfully creating content on YouTube and has a successful channel, they will. I mean, one is pretty interesting. They will probably do a video which is like breakdown of my monthly income. Which I'm absolutely obsessed with watching those videos, and it is usually always the bulk of the cash comes from. Yeah. YouTube views if the channel's big enough, but then secondary to that, they've got their course or yeah. their ebook or their guide to doing what they do, yeah. um, and it's just yeah, it makes sense from a business perspective to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. But let's let's um, let's make a promise today that I would never make a course. Fucking eight courses. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered to keep a course up to date. Oh my god! I actually thought in the past, oh maybe I'll do a YouTube video on you know, Facebook ad optimization or management, stuff like that. But this was probably, now you search that and there's up at 6 trillion videos on YouTube about that. <laughs> if you go back maybe five or six years, not so many. But I just thought, what's the point? Because as, as soon as you put it out, there'll be a change and you have to keep changing yeah. it again. So I just couldn't be bothered with it. And also like that, that's what they don't tell you when they sell you the course, right? Um, it's, yeah, I, I thought about it a few times, but it's like, I always feel like it's a scam. I never bought a course mm. myself. Maybe, I don't know if you did, but... No, like such a waste of time. Some are cheap, so it's like, yeah, okay, maybe. But some are so expensive, and it feels like it's just like a, a lot of the course as well, all about how to grow something. It doesn't actually t- teach you how to do something like a- an actual skill. It's like, how can you become yeah. like me? Or like, I don't know. It's like it's, it's a bit strange. I heard this interesting quote that was: if you asked five lottery winners what their tip was to win the lottery, they would just tell you the numbers that they chose that week. And it's like, you know, all of those people had different numbers at different times, but they still won the same thing. And it's the same as anyone. If you manage to grow a product, there is no framework that works for everybody. Every business Mm. is is different. So there's really no point, but you can get sucked into it. I get ads all the time coming up that's the best ever proven meta scaling strategy and even someone who knows it's bullshit you're like oh it's pretty cool (laughs) i think what they're actually good at doing is creating a super clickbait ad. yeah it's formal yeah it's formal which is obviously amazing skill the copywriting it's like yeah there's there are some tricks to like have like very good copywriting make it sound like it's amazing and i got asked like last week someone i didn't know actually uh ask if uh if I, they asked me if I recommended any course and I was like, mm. never bought any, don't do any course, just watch YouTube. Like just 
just google yeah. it or you kind of search on youtube even tiktok now just like search on tiktok there's probably like some guy who's just telling you for free yeah and just compile that make your own conclusions and then try for yourself like you said it's not going the same things are not going to work for you but some others will so like you know you need to you need to keep keep testing well for, yeah i find it course game is, is funny what i like though is the pay the, the paid subscription side of things i think when you grow an audience big enough having exclusive behind a paywall i think that's nice because then you get uh well it's similar on twitch right do you get exclusive content as well can you have like exclusive streams or, or is it i don't know if you get exclusive content you get you get access to like exclusive um emojis that you can use in the tweet Ooh. or you can you can by donating you can put a message in that comes up on the screen so it's, I mean, it's it's crazy what people pay. Yeah, for. yeah. You're watching is like someone's just paid like fifteen thousand pounds to just say like, <laughs> "Let's go." <laughs> it's like, okay, I love it. I love it. That's that's cool though. Like it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's been it's been quite a few years now with like mobile gaming and stuff. You just you just buy for virtual stuff all the time. An extra yeah. life, uh, some coins, some you know new hat for your character whatever it is like us and the fact that it's 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 happening on create on the creator side is 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 funny but i think on on you know what we're doing is cool like when you have a podcast you can have exclusive episodes um with exclusive exclusive content if you've got like a nice following you get enough people to do that and that sustains you can that, that can have, be like a nice a nice side income or your main income eventually so it's, um, mm. Yeah, you could you could uh, translate them all into French and then sell them to your French audience. Exactly, exactly. Well, talking about that, um, another potential evolution of the podcast soon. I got in touch with this guy on Twitter since I'm I'm back uh, trying to do something on Twitter. I'm trying to I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving LinkedIn alone, but I, I like to <laughs> spend a bit more time on Twitter. And I connected with this guy. Um, which we should probably have on the podcast at some point. Um, he's building a product that um, auto-translate what we say in any languages in the world in real time, like dubbing. Oh, wow. And it works as, a, I think it's a plugin on YouTube. So when we put the video on YouTube, you've got this like little button next to the subtitles, you can select the language. And suddenly... Mm. Je commence à parler en français et, 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 et be the same for any any language. We can we can you know be Portuguese, Russian, whatever. And then what that does is that your the discoverability of your content becomes worldwide straight away. So it's pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I um I saw a bit of a discussion on uh, LinkedIn a couple of days ago, and this guy posted like these are the top five. Um, most subscribe YouTube channels and he was basically saying they'd all started a decade ago and it's all about consistency is key. But they you know, someone commented and said two things that I thought really interesting and agreed with. One, she was like, these are all guys and two, you, these are all uh like in english language and mm. if you actually expand that out and you look at the most subscribed channels i think the third most subscribed youtube channel is a nine-year-old girl in russia it's in it's and it is in english uh, so she was excluded just because she was a girl so that's bullshit but um it just shows you that you can have a, 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 like over 100 million subscribers 
um, and the majority of those come outside of English speaking markets. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a massive audience to tap into if you have the ability to do that. Because obviously, it's incredibly difficult, and nobody is translating their podcast or their videos. No, into multiple no one's doing. I think um, again, talking about uh, Mr. Beast, I think he, he had a Spanish channel on YouTube where he was doing all the dubbing himself with his team. But I think it's already the case, or about to come out, that there's going to be any languages available everywhere. Um, so it's yeah. I think it's the, it's a nice evolution for sure. There was another thing also. I saw a, a, a guy I'm connected with, George Mack, uh, on his Twitter. Like he shared, I think 16% of the worldwide population actually speak English. Only 16. Mm. So when you think about it this way as well, it's like you're cutting yourself off of like, you know, more than 80% of um, your potential audience. And like we saw on the podcast, just, you know, with, and just under 300 downloads, there's already, I even tell you, like at the end, it was like, there's a listen in Kenya. It's like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you start getting exposure everywhere. I think you can grow a lot faster that way. Uh, if you, if you're making yourself available in, in any languages. So yeah, we should do that. Yeah, definitely. And now, now that you can train an AI on your voice, you can even have the person speaking another language that sounds like you. you know what would be really crazy is i don't know how we feel about that hearing myself dubbed in french with another voice that is not my french voice (laughs) (laughs) that's trippy i wanted to briefly talk about um changing subject a talk i did uh yesterday so by the time this comes out be like last week uh in london at the um, youth marketing strategy conference. And I, I talked a lot about um, uh, TikTok ads and how to be successful with TikTok ads. And it was much bigger than I thought. It was a, it was a big room. <laughs> it was impressive photo. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a big room. And the guy before me that I, I never heard of, but apparently he must be really good. I think his name is Matt Horn. On and he's um yeah I think he's doing social media for the, the University of Newcastle. So if you listen to this, you smashed it. It was just before me, and it put I've asked so much pressure because it was so good. It was like dropping jokes. It was speaking really fast, like really entertaining. Yeah, this all like spiel, uh, prepped all the slide, and it was all about uh, you will never go, you are not never going to win on social media. And it was like all these jokes about why you're never going to win. Cause you know, you've seen the meme, the, the, the memes around like working in social media. Yeah. Mm. So that was all, all around that very entertaining, almost like a comedian to be honest. And I was like, oh, I'm lying. If I need to go after this, it's, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be, it's not going to be good. So it put the pressure a little bit. Um, but a few things I, I mentioned that I think are, um, were quite well received is, um, the whole like TikTok SEO thing. Mm. Uh, so I mentioned it earlier, even I go on TikTok and search for some stuff. Now, if you want like a recipe or if you have something on marketing for a specific channel, there's some, probably somebody who's already made a video about like the top five things you need to do about something. And uh, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. And often the ones that are very low in views are actually really good. They're the ones that no one watch because they're not like edited or whatever. So 
that's that's quite that's quite interesting as well um but how you can appear in like do some research on keywords on uh tiktok so seeing like the number of views um on a particular niche and then how to own that niche by creating content and making sure that you always mention that keyword in the video in the caption in the hashtag but also in the the in video text that you put on top mm. as well as the thumbnail text so everywhere basically you put everywhere you can put text you put that keyword and what i will do is then when you you know when you're on a phone for you page and you scroll the videos will have like a, a search title at the top that's how they've mm-hmm. been that it TikTok tells you the keyword that is attached to each video. And when it doesn't, it says uh, find related topics. That's when mm-hmm. the video doesn't have a keyword attached to it. And I've, I've, I've seen it on our account, you know, knew that the company I work for, some of our videos have the keyword, some don't. And it depends on how you actually do that well or not. And then what you can do is if you, if you start appearing for certain, uh, Uh, keywords you can create like content series within that and then you create like a little rabbit hole within your content where people will watch part one part two part three and uh and go down that uh you know that keyword rabbit hole um i thought that was really good so some people taking pictures of the the slides or I thought that was that was cool. The other thing I mentioned is the barometer for six. <laughs> have you heard about this? The keyword, the, the keyword thing, the SEO on TikTok. Not to that level of detail. I mean, I know that uh, Reddit stat like it was forty percent of Gen Z say that they use TikTok yeah. and Instagram search over Google, which I thought was absolutely mad. And uh, we're doing we're doing some work um, at Hex for uh, an app that's launching in a couple of months, and they we've been doing a lot of research around uh, kind of Gen Z and and um, if seo is still relevant and the yeah, the most interesting thing that came out of that was that uh that, that these these guys are actually using tiktok for search and even to the extent that um izzy on my team she's kind of tailored her she's tailored her search um tiktok searches so well that the recommendations that she gets through that for like things to do around her and like mm. places to go because the app we're building is all about finding things to mm. do and, and meeting up with your friends and doing doing cool stuff um that the, her feed is so curated that she just goes on it and it recommends things to her that are relevant and in the right area and based on all the stuff that she typically searches yeah. so that was kind of new to me because i'm not a i'm a tiktok ad user but i'm not like a tiktok doom scroller yeah that'd be cool really really cool the other thing that you might not know about is that um when you work with an creator an influencer whatever and they um they put their video into their profile and you know you're like whitelisted you use it for spark ads and things like that mm-hmm. if it does well organically and with the spark ads or you know if the video does well um You can just ask them to pin it onto their profile, right? Um, mm. You know, so you can have three videos at the top of your account pinned, yeah. and that creator will continue uh, creating videos every day into their profile. So, my hot take is: ask the creator nicely. They want to pin the video. If there's a lot of views, they will because it serves them as well. So, win-win. 
you're pumping ads in the back. So vid- the video views keep going up, the engagement goes up. Mm. Um, the likelihood of them keeping it as a pin video increases over time if the video does, does well. And any new pieces of content that they do that drives people to their profile, chances are they're going to look at the pin video because it's like your CV mm. really on TikTok and they'll find your brand. Um, so I thought it was really good. And our, one of our best videos from last year, 12 months ago, I checked the creator. She still has the pin video on, on her profile. A year later, <laughs> we haven't used that video for a long time, but it's still on there. So it's like, that's a little SEO act for, for TikTok. Like imagine you do that for a hundred creators, a thousand creators, and you're like in the pin video of each of them. Some will say no, but some will say yes, because it's, yeah, like I said, it's a win-win. Yeah, that's mad. I guess if you're as long as you're supporting it and you're driving up those views, and they're just like you say, they'll be they'll be mad not to to pin that up there. Yeah, you spend money on them, so why not? There we go. Knowledge bomb. <laughs> Take that. Um, and we didn't have to travel to the uh, youth marketing conference to get your hot takes. Yeah, you get it a week later, but it's uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's not. It's it's still up still up to date. Maybe we should say. We are going to bring guests to the podcast in a in a in a few yeah. in, in the following weeks. Not every time, but when we have some good ones, and it looks like we've got some good ones. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think uh, we should. We've had we've already kind of d- discussed about how we're going to do this, and yeah. a big thing for starting this podcast was about doing things slightly differently. And the problem sometimes with a podcast with a guest is that. It's like turns into a big interview about that person's yeah. backstory and all that stuff, which is really interesting. But a lot of the time, they just start getting into the meat of the the interesting actual uh, content that they can give, and then it's like the end of the at the end of the interview. So, I think we want to. Our goal is to bring them into our conversation, ideally around a topic that they're kind of comfortable with, and and they they can open up and. Yeah educate everybody on and uh, and just have it more still casual and uh, and just have it as a chat you said it that's what we're gonna do um one thing we're not gonna do is having like fire question at the end i hate that stuff <laughs> quick fire quick fire yeah. question is so annoying i've done them myself a lot as a guest on other podcasts we are not going to do that so if you if you're worried about that this is not happening we're not doing silly questions about shit that you don't care about yeah just gonna Nike or Adidas <laughs> Tesla or Mercedes who cares <laughs> who cares exactly so right, just to shit on other podcasts a little bit uh, yeah <laughs> just uh, listen and learn um, so yeah that's coming up that's yeah it's exciting exciting I can't wait uh, that means we need to be a, do a little bit of preparation and it's, uh, the only difference with between now and when we have a guest just a little bit oh, of work that's okay well, hopefully no one will be able to tell, but uh, they probably will be able to. This is going to have to be, so far, the most edited podcast because <laughs> <laughs> there was issues on my side oh. that uh, have to be chopped in and chopped out. So normally this is almost one take, but hopefully I can make it's it. It's fine. It'll be seamless. Edit. It'll be seamless. You know that... that magic. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I'm good. It's fine. We... I always mark the the content as explicit, so I'm I'm gonna keep cursing on this. It's fine, just to be relaxed. Um, you know that um, it's not a meme. It's the photo of like Michael Jordan uh, with a quote in the middle, black and white, and it just says "fuck them kids." 
I love that. And he's like really serious <laughs> in it. So I think it's from like, you know, since the, the last dance, uh, I keep, I, I keep, I keep it on my phone and I, I know some other dads out there that use that sometimes on their like Twitter or, or Instagram. It's pretty, it makes me laugh every time when I have a bad moment with the kid. I'm just like, fuck them kids. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely the mantra to live by with children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, um, I think we are, we're good for, for this week. You can end with a literal mic drop. Oh Yeah. Mic drop.